might hear talking chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matt Blitz out his interviews, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Five, them super flex. Come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. with another episode of Zuberflex. It's been a little bit, I apologize for being on and off this summer. Some of you may know I was working a summer MBA internship that kept me fairly busy, but I'm always happy to be here with my co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. It's been a while. I've had a couple of vacations, I think, since I saw you last. Uh, you're getting ready to go on a sweet vacation, so life's, life's pretty good right now. Life is great, and it's even better because we have the person who created the opening theme song for this podcast as our guest tonight, as well as one of the Dynasty Dummies, although that moniker has never really fit this guy or his <laughs> other host. But we have Zach Reed joining us tonight. He's at Tacit, thir- Tacit Assassin 13 on Twitter. And Zach, how are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. It is great to be here. Uh, I was watching preseason uh, football games last night, and all of a sudden there was a commercial with Rubber Band Man on <laughs> as the background music. I was like, it's it's Zuperflex. It, and then it wasn't. I, I was all excited for nothing, but here I am, and now I'm, I'm back jacked up. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, and we really appreciate you recording that for us. And just a really quick story. So my boss at my summer internship, loves the song Rubber Band Man and kept playing it all summer. And so at one point I had to play him the parody and he absolutely, he does not love football as much as we do, but he still loved the parody you wrote. So <laughs> that is the power of Zach's parodies that it just has that kind of mass appeal. I, I, Kyle does not buy into that. I'm, I'm sure he is shaking his head vehemently right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, Kyle Lebrecht, the other dynasty dummy I mentioned earlier, as I said, Uh, A few minutes ago, the moniker doesn't really fit either of these two guys. They're very smart, and you should definitely be checking out their show. But for our show, what we're going to do tonight is talk about some top 12 QB finishers from last year. For those who are about to call me hypocritical, because I was recently having this debate about how the top 12 doesn't really matter and you should look at points per game. Listen, I haven't had the time (laughs) to figure out what the points per game average should be yet. So we're going with the top 12. And what we're going to do is talk about some guys that are going to leave the top 12. And we're going to talk about some guys we think might enter the top 12 and, of course, do animal comparisons for them. And for those who may not be familiar with who was in the top 12 last year, it was Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers and Kirk Cousins. I don't know, guys. That seems to me like a who's who of quarterbacks. It's going to be pretty tough, I think, to find a guy that you think is going to leave. But if either of you have one that really stuck out to you as I read that list, go ahead and feel free to jump in. Well, for for me, there there are a couple that are tentative, uh, and and you're not going to like this, so I, I won't. I'll just <laughs> gloss over this on your show. 
But you could see a world where Russell Wilson falls out uh, with with an increased rushing game, with with young receivers, with that whole offense kind of shifting. I don't think he will. Uh, I, I'm still a Russell Wilson guy, but there is a shot there. You could see Rivers. But my guy, the one I think really will fall out, and this may surprise you, is Jared Goff. And it's I think Goff has been kind of the... The wolf in sheep's clothing, he's he's not ever quite fit that top 12 mold for me. And maybe this is confirmation bias. Maybe this is me just, just really trying to, to drive home my my first evaluation of, of Goff. But, you know, you take uh, Cooper Cup out of that equation because I don't think he'll be completely healthy this year, even if he, you know, he's supposed to come back. But that's a, that's a tough thing coming off an ACL. You've got Todd Gurley, uh, who was – tremendous in the receiving game and also took pressure off Goff with the rushing game. And you have this little, in the back of my mind, I'm a, a Patriots fan. And in the back of my mind is watching Belichick and watching what he did to Jared Goff. And if I can figure out that they lined up uh, six linemen, like four down linemen, and then had like Van Noy and uh, Chung on, on the ends, to kind of combat the the rushing game of uh, of the Rams, and then played a lot of zone in the middle of the field to to make Goff make accurate throws. If I can figure that out, then there are NFL coaches who can figure that out, and I expect uh, Goff to kind of come back down to earth a little bit this year. Honestly, Zach, that's not where I thought you were going when you were saying you're a Patriots fan. I thought that you were about to hate on Russell Wilson and Brandon Cooks in oh, like no. the same breath. And then no, I was no. just going to shut the pot off and be like, <laughs> we're done here. No, look, Cooks is fantastic for fantasy. Like, I've, I've never been anti-Cooks fantasy. He's not a player I want on my NFL team. Uh, and you saw why in the Super Bowl. I mean, if you get your hand on him, he it's tough to make catches. But... He's a thousand yard guy. He's one of the most underrated fantasy players out there. No disagreement here. Uh, quick question, though, as a follow up. So, if Jared Goff is your guy, what animal would you compare Jared Goff to? So, I, I've, I've thought about this and I actually asked my son, Caleb. Uh, so my five and a half year old and we brainstormed he's he wants to be a biologist. And so uh, he told me he thought uh, the mimic octopus. And I was like, you got it, man. That's he he impersonates other uh, other animals. <laughs> you know, he tries to be a lionfish. He's all tough. He, he tries to be a sea snake. Uh, he tries to imitate a, a, a ray. And then when it doesn't happen, he just kind of inks and disappears. And so that's my that's my comp for uh, for a goth. Wow. Yeah, that was really spot on by Caleb. Got to give it up to him. <laughs> He's that's a our, smart kid. <laughs> that's our future zookeeper. And speaking of zookeepers, Matt, one, uh, give just a quick opinion on what you think of Zach's take, and then uh, we'll talk about what guy you think might fall out from that group. Yeah, I think those are both fair points. I don't 
think that golf is going to do it, especially if Gurley isn't going to be Gurley. You know, I know they have these other guys back there, but I just don't think they're going to have the same success necessarily running the ball uh, without Gurley there. And that, you know, is going to lean more towards the pass. But I do, I, I am a little bit skeptical. I will say that. I mean, we saw him be absolutely, completely terrible in year one. Obviously, that was Jeff, with Jeff Fisher and a different offense and a coach that probably didn't know how to play to his, his strengths and all that. And McVeigh has figured that out. But there's still some of that lingering kind of feeling there that like 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 Zach said a wolf in sheep's clothing you know maybe he he's he's been masking all these deficiencies uh through through McVeigh's play calling and things like that and I think McVeigh is smart enough to you know continue as golf grows to 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 tailor the offense to him but uh I I I totally understand why I I don't think it's maybe gonna have maybe he drops down to like 12 Uh, I could definitely see that uh what did he finish there Bobby like nine or something or eight maybe six Let's see. He finished exactly eighth. Eighth. He had a good good year. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say eight is his ceiling, but it's probably close to his ceiling. So I bet he could hover in that the back end, you know, quarterback one, high end quarterback two range. I I think he could definitely be in there. So I like that one. Russell Wilson is a little tougher for me. I know uh, the weapons are a little more questionable this year. They want to run the ball a lot. Uh, he's, he's, he's had ridiculously efficient season last year, but I think he's been maybe not nearly that efficient, but, but pretty efficient as it's throughout his entire career. So that one's a little bit tougher for me, but you're not the only one saying that. So maybe I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the one who's, who's, who's on the, in the minority here for sure. I think people way smarter than me and you guys too, probably JJ Zacharyson and other riser are, 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 are saying that he's a likely candidate to not be a QB one. So I might be missing the boat here. Here. Uh, the, the, but you didn't mention either of the ones that I, I thought of. First one for me was Kirk Cousins, you know, going to, uh, you know, Shanahan or uh, uh, sorry, Kubiak, you know, he's not the offensive coordinator, but he is, you know, they're going to go to a more run based attack. They've got the two receivers that are obviously fantastic and uh, but not a whole lot behind them. So I could see him falling out a little bit. He's such an up and down player. Uh, you know, he could get really hot and get in there, but I could also see him going really cold and, and, and missing the boat there. Uh, and then the other one that I thought of, the other two that I that I thought of one was Roethlisberger. I just don't think he's going to see 675 pass attempts this year and maybe the efficiency goes up, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think there's definitely a chance there for him to go. Uh, and we see more of a run based attack there also uh, with without a B there. So uh, that's my other one. And then the the, the one that I'm, I'm, I feel less confident about, but kind of have a little bit of a, a, a premonition is, is breeze. You know, I think we saw some decreased play from him last season at times. And there's a chance that that with they just they just start featuring Alvin Kamara a lot more, you know. So uh, and obviously the weapons there behind Michael Thomas are, and I guess Jerry. Cook, if you want to throw him in there, I really like Traquan Smith, but still pretty unproven. The weapons are still, you know, not, you know, in a, you know, super, super awesome. I would say, uh, outside of Thomas and and Kamara, so that's kind of like my dark horse one. But I, I had to pick three because I wrote down three that I think that are going to enter the top twelve. So those are the three for me. And I, which one of those guys do you want to compare to an animal, or do you want to go for all three? I would just uh, pick one, but if you have three picked out, you can go for it, Matt. I think I think I already did Goff, right? I think I I think I did him as the panda because he's he's not very smart, <laughs> not very intelligent. Whatever animal it was that I said that was, is is pretty unintelligent. I thought it was Goff because of that whole thing for Hard Knocks when he said he didn't know oh, where the, the sun, sun. R- 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 rose and set. <laughs> so that was painful. So I'll I'll stick with that one. All right, fair enough. And you took pretty much all the guys that I was going to talk about. Uh, I agree that I could see a scenario where Ben falls out, uh, Kirk Cousins. And uh, 
Drew Brees. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, I think I'm going to go with Drew Brees of the guys that you mentioned, though, specifically. And it is for the reasons you mentioned. It's also just he's on the older side, and we're kind of holding on to this idea of Drew Brees being this elite quarterback. But as he's aged, they have run the ball more to hide some of the fact that his skill set is declining. Uh, I love Michael Thomas, and I think he's going to get his, but the other weapons just don't really excite me outside of Alvin Kamara catching some passes out of the backfield. So I could easily see Breeze having a high-end QB2 year, but QB1, I could see him falling out. And that's not to say that I don't think Drew Breeze will have a good year. It's more that I think there are so many good quarterbacks these days that finishing top 12 is actually going to be much harder than it has been in the past. And I guess if I have to come up with like a Drew Brees comparison, it would be like some animal. And I'm trying to think of the best animal. Matt, what animal has like the longest lifespan at the zoo? The longest lifespan at the zoo, probably. And this was going to be a comp for, for Breeze, actually. So maybe we're on the same page here, uh, is the Galapagos tortoise. We have one that I think is 150 years old. So, yeah, he's a Galapagos tortoise where <laughs> he is probably, he's not a young Galapagos tortoise. Let's put it that way. He is, uh, he's getting closer to that 150 than he is to uh, zero. And so just because of the aging skill set, I think that uh, he's not going to quite repeat this year. Let's move on to a more positive topic, though. And I know Matt seemed particularly excited to talk about his three guys. So let's let him uh, jump off with who, which three he thinks are going to enter the top 12 and why. Uh, the first one, actually, probably the first two are probably pretty obvious. Baker Mayfield, I think, has a, has a chance. Uh, you know, there's certainly a chance that this offense that we are so excited about doesn't live up to expectations. Luckily, no one's made the... Uh, the the dream team comparison, like for the Eagles <laughs> back in the day, it was the name of the quarterback is escaping me now. Help me out, guys. The t- former Titan. Uh, then he went to the Eagles. God, I'm so mad at myself that I can't think of this running quarterback from Texas. What is wrong with me? Nobody, nobody's got this. I'm drawing a blank. You guys are hurting my feelings right now. Vince, <laughs> what the hell is his name? Anyway, that guy. Someone Young. on Twitter. Vince, Vince Young. Young. Vince Young, there it is. Yeah, so we no one has said that this is the dream team, but anyway, uh, back on track. The Browns, you know, I think there's a chance that they don't live up to the hype, but it just looks so good on paper, and Baker played so well last year uh, as a rookie, and and there's probably some kind of sophomore slump maybe happening, but I'm going to root for him to, and I just think that he's he's going to end up in that top 12, maybe even like you know towards the top half of that with that offense. Um, so he's the first one. Carson Wentz back from injury, just ridiculous amount of wet weapons in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I don't really know what else more to say about him. I just really think that he's going to be in for, you know, maybe back to not quite back to that MVP uh, uh, candidate season he had a couple of years ago, but certainly in the top half of, of the top 12, I would think. And then my my last guy is maybe a bit more of a stretch, but I really think he's going to develop uh, uh, further this year, and that's Lamar Jackson. At least in terms of fantasy points, I just don't see how he's not a candidate for the top 12. Um, if you wanted me to... I, actually, I have one more, but I'll, I'll leave it for one of you guys just in case. So I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach, who is uh, your guy, and did Matt take your guy? 
Well, he no, he he kind of skirted around, but I did the same thing where I I left myself some outs. I kind of I kind of gave the thought, and and Matt, you and I are on the same page. I think Lamar Jackson uh, probably creeps up into that into that uh, QB one range. Wentz seems obvious to me. Baker Baker's in a situation, and and this is not a comp to Mahomes, but he's in that same situation where you look at the weapons last year, of Mahomes, and you're like trying to figure out which which uh, offensive piece you want, and you're just like, well, I want the quarterback because I can't decide which which uh, receiver or tight end I want. It's the same way in Cleveland. Uh, I have a question, Bobby, with your mm-hmm. with your uh, top twelve. Did you did you rattle off Dak in there? I know we've had conversations about about Dak, and he's either in that or real close. He so finished QB thirteen last year, I believe, yeah. in most formats. So so he's another guy that's right on that cusp of being a, a QB one basically every year. So I, I think that you know if you're talking Wilson and Rivers falling out, there's another guy. But the 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 coup de gras, the guy that I think is going to end up and maybe this is a hot take is kyler murray i really think kyler murray is going to be a top 12 this year based on the fact that he's got a lot of weapons albeit mostly young and larry fitz but he's also got david david johnson you're spreading that offense out with kingsbury and theoretically running a bunch of plays which i i think is a really nice thing and the thing that people are missing with Murray, or at least aren't thinking about enough, is the same re- the same thing the same reason why Lamar Jackson is is potentially a top twelve is Kyler Murray's legs. I mean, Kyler Murray is a great running quarterback, and you saw that a little bit yesterday in the preseason game, where not only uh, did he run a little bit, but he escaped the pocket, gave himself some more time to throw, uh, gave his receivers a chance to get open, and I really really like that in a quarterback. That's completely fair. I've heard a lot of people have already moved Kyler Murray into their top 10 of dynasty quarterbacks. So I don't think you're alone in thinking that he's going to come out and just be that guy right away. I'm a little hesitant on it. It's I'm and this is a fault of mine in dynasty. I am very much a wait and see guy, or at least typically I'm a wait and see guy. And so I miss some breakouts because I'm not willing to commit right away to guys I think the exception was Juju uh, in year one and then some Mike Thomas. But usually with guys, I tend to hang back a little bit and go, let me see it on the field. And then you add in the (laughs) fact that this is going to be more or less a relatively new offense, the NFL, that we have no idea whether it can succeed at the NFL level. And it definitely makes me a little bit hesitant to join everyone on the Murray train. But I understand why people are doing it. I'm just putting out there my personal playing style and mindset doesn't quite allow me to go to that level. Yeah. Matt, what do you think of Murray? And sorry, Zach, did you have something? Else no, to I was just saying that's totally fair. Like I, I completely understand, but like to me, these are the guys that I'll go after. I mean, this is, I ended up with, with Dak Prescott in a bunch of leagues. I've got Lamar Jackson in a bunch of leagues because I'll, I, I do my film work. I do my college scouting to, for the podcast, you know, to be able to to give you film notes, and so when I see it again in training camp, I'm like, yep, um, that that just reaffirms I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, and I know, uh, I know our friend of the pod, Jake Anderson. Uh, is he just at Jake Anderson FF these days on Twitter? I can't keep up with I people's never, no, Twitter he's, accounts. Uh, 
was the draft talker. Now he might be he might be at stay at home FF dad now. I don't know. <laughs> he uh, he was one of the ones that I thought was most vocal about saying Kyler Murray will be a top ten quarterback pretty much right away. And in our uh, trade attic seven startup this year, he took him uh, pretty surprisingly high. So uh, he is someone I consider to be pretty smart about evaluating quarterbacks, and he seems to agree with you, Matt. Do you have a quick take on uh, Murray before I give a guy that I think might surprise some people? Yes, uh, I 100% agree with Zach. In fact, that was my fourth guy I was going to mention, so I'm glad I didn't and, and, and took away your thunder there. But I agree. I mean, look at what he did last night on an opening drive. Like, he didn't even yeah. do anything splashy, and he... Counterpoint, look what Daniel Jones did on an opening drive, Matt. <laughs> Daniel that, Jones is, is my quarterback one now. After like, I had that, that tweet fair. last I mean, night that ended up on the Rich Eisen show. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But I, I was going to mention that, and I feel really <laughs> dumb because I'm about to I'm about to admit something really dumb on on the show. I could not place the the bronze. Who is the bust? It's it, it's Ronaldo. It, that wasn't that was an old like really bad Ronaldo bust like the the soccer player and it oh, was okay. I I remember that being just kind of funny uh, a while back and and so when when Daniel Jones went down the field and everybody started tweeting out about Daniel Jones I was like all right this is I, <laughs> I, I, I training camp hype just blows my mind because we're it's it reminds me of the scene in Hook. Uh, where the Lost Boys are trying to decide between uh, Peter Pan and Rufio, and and they'll go one way, and then somebody will say something, they'll go back the other way, and they, that's what we're doing like every day in the preseason, and that's that was kind of it. It made me laugh. I felt bad because it, it kind of made fun of Daniel Jones a little bit because the 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 bust of Ronaldo is not necessarily flattering, but. It had to happen. It made Bobby laugh, so I was I was okay with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was highly entertained by that. And I honestly, so I should just out myself, and I had to ask Zach who the bust was too, and I honestly thought it was a bad bust of Peyton Manning. <laughs> and Daniel Jones, to me, looks like he could be a Manning brother. Like, I really, I hold to this. I said during the draft that it felt like the Giants went out and tried to get themselves just like a younger Eli Manning. And they did it. Like, he looks like he belongs in that family. Um, but, Matt, just sum up your uh, Kyler Murray take since I had to jump in there with my uh, Daniel Jones shot. No, no, no uh, that's fine. Uh, I, in fact, I, I, fact I, I thought my first thought of that bust was, was uh, from Goonies, obviously. <laughs> I mean, and I think somebody even posted a picture of him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, no, I I don't really have anything else to say. I agree with Zach Kyler. I think can definitely be top ten, seven for seven on his on his first drive. Just looked looked effortless out there. And I know it's the first preseason game and whatever, but uh, I, I'm I'm sold. I'm, I'm I'm in on Kyler for for that for this list for sure. So I wasn't gonna go with this guy until you guys knocked off essentially a bunch of guys that <laughs> I was gonna mention. So I figured I'd go with my sleeper pick. So. I guess I have a type because I think I once called this guy like the new Blake Bortles. And that is Mitchell Trubisky. And I say that because I don't know about his mechanics, but he does have legs and he gets good fantasy value from his legs like some of the other guys you've mentioned. And then I really do like the offense that the Bears seem to be running. That and the addition of what should be a healthy Anthony Miller uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and just a few other guys there has me thinking that he could be a sneaky QB1 play, if not a high-end QB2. I actually tweeted out the other day, 
some of my quote-unquote calling my shot guys of expected ADP risers after the season. And uh, Mitchell Trubisky was one of those guys. I'm curious, do you guys like Trubisky at all? It's fantasy Twitter, from what I can tell, is very, very divided. He's fine if he's my QB2, uh, but he's not a guy like... I, I tend to, although I say this and I'm in a, I'm in a draft right now, an auction with Bosch and, and, or, oh, actually this one isn't an auction. This is like the one best ball, uh, snake draft that, that he does. And I just took, uh, Matt Ryan in the third round, which is completely off book for what I usually do. But like if Trubisky's a, a QB two for me, fine. Uh, if he's not, then I'm in a lot of trouble. Matt, what are your take on uh, Trubisky? Yeah, I feel about the same. I'm fine with him as quarterback two. If I have to be, I would I would much rather him be quarterback three, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, he just seems it's he, he seems like a player that I'm not gonna want to put in my lineups if if in, in like the finals, for example, in a championship game or any any one off kind of week because because I think that he has that that huge bust potential uh, with his turnovers and everything. So I, I'm okay with it, but he's probably not somebody I'm gonna target. Yeah, and that's totally fair. I will also say I did not give an animal comparison for him. I gave him a... I mean, Blake Bortles is not an animal as much as <laughs> I want him to be. Um, I'm going to go with, like, a raccoon. And I'm going with a raccoon because Blake Bortles was the king of garbage time. And I think Mitchell Trubisky could be the new king of garbage time. Um, that's just uh, where I'm going with it. I know their defense is pretty good but so is the jag so i really think that he could be the new king of garbage time and honestly i could see a situation where he's like in that qb 12 to 14 range uh but matt you have two more guys that you want to talk about so let's get to those guys since i can talk about trubisky for a while i've called myself a super trooper since the day he was drafted i didn't give a comp either so i'll go back for baker i had a a grizzly bear because or, or I guess a black bear, whatever, whatever of those kind of American bears you want to choose. You know, he's he's chill until you mess with him, and then that attitude comes back. And he likes to break into fridges and drink some beer, you know. And and Baker, <laughs> he can bite through a beer can and and just and and and, and shotgun it, and a bear can definitely do that. So, uh, yeah. the other two other two guy maybes I had were. Jameis Winston, I'm buying a hard and hard to the Bruce Arians passing offense narrative. They have nothing at running back. They didn't go get Duke. Uh, I, I just think that that offense is going to take off. If Winston can, can reduce those mistakes that have plagued him his entire career, then I think he's got a shot to to really kind of catapult this year. And then the other guy, not as confident about, but Dak Prescott. I, I like what we're seeing out of that. Again, no running backs to speak of at all if Zeke isn't going to show up. Uh, Tony Pollard, if, if he's going to be the guy, is a, is a good receiving back. So uh is this screams like a year where prescott could take off too and he's playing for a contract also and cooper's playing for a contract all these guys are playing for contracts i don't know how they're going to pay them all i guess they're going to figure it out but if this is the case and they've got motivation everywhere then uh you know even in the even in the backfield with the rookies if they're going to go with the rookies as their top guys or alfred morris it might be playing with a chip on his shoulder because he's old and he needs to prove he can still play so it just seems like this is a very motivated offense and prescott may be able to take advantage of that at the nfc east i actually wrote uh, two articles for DLF about quarterbacks this offseason and one was hyping up Dak Prescott and the other one was hyping up Carson Wentz and it just hurt my heart as a Giants fan but I had to give them kudos because they're both good players and I could see easily both of them being QB ones as well 
Um, Dak, I actually, I worry a little bit about him without Zeke because I see him more as an accuracy specialist that he does really well on limited throws. But I'll be interested to see what happens if Zeke doesn't play, as I'm sure the rest of the fantasy community will be. And I know uh, Zach was mentioning him early as another guy to uh, take a look at since he finished as something like QB 13 or 14 last year. So Dak's definitely a guy to keep pay attention to, as is Carson Wentz. Uh, one quick note on Carson Wentz. I've heard a lot of people just talking all kinds of trash about Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is great when he's on the field with Carson Wentz. I know that's somewhat of a big if for Alshon Jeffrey and also Carson Wentz, but they are uh, pretty good together. I'm excited to see Deshaun Jackson with Wentz. I mean, Jackson gets some serious separation, and for for everything that Wentz is, like he can actually throw a pretty. It's 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 kind of Alex Smithy, and you know where Alex Smith had the the year where. Uh, he had Tyreek Hill running deep routes and getting separation, and all of a sudden he was one of PFF's top graded deep ball throwers. I see a very similar uh, scenario potentially with uh, Deshaun Jackson there. I, I I didn't get to give my my Kyler Murray comp, and I I've got to because again, <laughs> Caleb and I got together. You can tell we've been to the the Boston Aquarium recently because his mind was was on fish, uh, but he he came up with epaulette shark. And it's his favorite shark uh, throwing this. This is my five and a half year old. He's way smarter than I am. So you can tell he came up with this. But uh, we decided that it was small. It was pretty fast. And when they get caught in tide pools, they have the ability to walk on their fins and get out of that. And that really struck me because Murray, when he, you just when you think he's done, he uh, he uses his legs to get out of out of trouble. So I thought that was a pretty good comp. I think uh, Caleb's just going to have to take over on all the animal comps. <laughs> Dude, that's that's fantastic. I, and those sharks are beautiful. They have this big black uh, spot yeah. on the back of them, and they're they're like they're like carpet sharks, basically. Like uh, you guys more more commonly like an angel shark. You know, they kind of they're kind of like bottom fevers. Wabi gong is my favorite carpet shark. Shark, but <laughs> epaulets are cool. Did you look up already, Caleb? Look up what what an what an epaulet is. Oh no, he knows. He like awesome. we we were legit. We were at the aquarium in in Boston, and he he's autistic, and he doesn't like crowds, and so they have the touch tank up up top, and there were a lot of people, and he asked me if we could go down, and they have a shark nursery, and so he and I are standing there in front of the the shark nursery, and they've got uh, epaulets, and I think uh, there are a few other. Um, I, I can't even come up with them right now, but there are a few Probably other types bamboo, of sharks. Bamboo and horn, I bet. Or yeah, and, and so this this woman who works for the aquarium came by, and she was uh, with a trainee, and she asked the trainee, do you know what any of these sharks are? And Caleb looks at her, and he's like, well, that's an epaulette shark, and he proceeds to tell her all about it. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, if, you, uh, if you're hiring, we can negotiate. <laughs> but It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's really, really great to hear. And speaking of uh, people's favorite animals, we're going to transition to our animal of the week. And earlier, Zach told Matt what his favorite zoo animal is, and Matt is going to share some fun facts. So, Matt, take it away. Well, I think we should let Zach introduce the animal. It's his animal. Uh, sorry, sorry. Zach, go ahead and introduce the animal. Did not mean to take that away from you. It's all good. This is a throw. This makes me feel like a kid again because it's been my favorite animal since I can remember. Uh, I was a dinosaur guy uh, growing up. I wanted to be a paleontologist, and this is the closest thing uh, that I could come up with. So a Komodo dragon is uh, is my zoo animal. 
Matt, what do you have to tell us about Komodo dragons? Well, I bet Zach's favorite animal since he was a kid. He probably knows more than me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that one of the coolest things about it, other than it being a, like a lizard that can weigh 150 pounds, uh, is that they have this bacteria in their saliva. So they can basically eat anything that they want. So they could take down bison and horses on the islands where they live. They live on these five islands in southern, uh, south, southeastern, southeastern or southern Indonesia, um, uh, the Komodo, Komodo Islands, basically. Uh, and they, they have this bacteria in their, in their saliva that you, they, they, all they got to do is bite you. And like three days later, you're going to die. So they don't even have to take you down right away. They bite this buffalo. Uh, it runs around the island for a few days, starts feeling really bad, and then just kills over. And then all of the Komodo dragons just come over and eat it together. Like they're, they're amazing animals. Uh, so, but one other story I wanted to share, if you want to learn more about them, and even if you're not like, you don't want to go look them up on the internet, but there's a great documentary series called Last Chance to See. Uh, if you guys have probably heard of the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, written by Douglas Adams. He and a zoologist named Mark Carwardine, Carwardine, I can't, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but they originally did it as a radio documentary in the, in the, in the 90s. And then he wrote a book uh, about it. And him and this zoologist, Douglas Adams, the zoologist, they went around to go and just basically visit all, all these super endangered animals. They went to the IIs, like cockapos, uh, gorillas, rhinos, uh, and they went into the island of Komodo and they went and hang out with, with Komodo dragons. They watched them eat chickens and stuff. And if you don't even want to go, uh, uh, you don't even want to read the book. You can go to uh, in 2010 or, t- or early to uh, early earlier this decade. Maybe there was actually broadcast on the BBC with uh, the same zoologist, Mark Carwardine and Stephen Fry, who is this personality in, in the UK. Uh, and they revisit all of the places in the book and the, the original documentary and kind of check up on how those how those guys are doing. And on that one, they you get to see a Komodo eat a goat. So you want to see what a Komodo dragon can do to a goat or, or anything, all these other cool stuff that all these, these cool and species where they go check out last chance to see douglas adams yeah i'd highly recommend that uh i have not read it myself so i'm gonna have to read it because douglas adams is one of my favorite authors and anything that's involving animals and douglas adams sounds right up my alley so go check out last chance to see as matt said it sounds like you can also check it out on bbc if you're not the uh reading type and it's on netflix too it's on netflix too i believe the series so you can you can see it pretty easy Wow. Yeah. So everyone should go uh, check that out. And Matt, is there a uh, charity that people can donate if they want to help the Komodo dragons? Yeah, you can certainly go to World Wildlife Fund. They pretty much support every, everywhere. Uh, the one I would go to, though, would be just KomodoDragon.org. They're guys that are on the ground in the field uh, doing work. They're supported by the American Zoological Association, the European uh, Zoological Association. Uh, so uh, they're doing great work. In fact, it's funny on their website. It says, you know, most of our activities were in the field, so you're not going to find us if you call us. So you got to email us. Uh, so don't even bother calling because they're not in the office. Um, so they're a great company because they're out there on the ground doing work. Here's a quick question that I just thought of. So they went and hung out with these Komodo dragons, meaning uh, Adams and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the uh, zoologist that went with him. Carwardine, Mark Carwardine. I'm probably butchering that last name, but it looks like Carwardine. So Carwardine and then this charity go out in the field with the dragons. But you said that they have this bacteria that can kill all kinds of animals. I imagine, I mean, obviously humans hang out with dangerous animals all the time. But do you think they take any kind of special precautions to not get bitten? Do Komodo dragons just not bite humans? Or, I mean, they they were 
you know, far enough away and they had guides with them and they had a goat to feed them. So they're going to want to eat the goat probably more than the people in general. So, uh, so what I, you're I would, saying is you just need to be faster than the slowest goat. Yeah. So just walk around with Tom Brady and uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> Zach, do you feel like you've learned in a good amount about Komodo dragons tonight? I, I love it. I appreciate that, Matt. That was fantastic. Oh. Yeah, you, I'm sure you got more facts. Why don't you tell me about Komodo yeah. dragons? Yeah, Zach, what can you tell us about Komodo dragons? The, the the one the one I remember the 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 most vividly, and, and actually it, it it comes kind of full circle because I can really appreciate this now is that Komodo dragons will eat 80 percent of their body weight uh, at a time, and and I feel like that that really is fitting for me because uh, I'm at that point in my life where you know if I sit down, it's it's pretty pretty well bound to happen that i eat 80 percent of my body weight but <laughs> especially in about three weeks when we start sitting on the couch all day sunday oh man yes zach's mm. just getting actually that's the new sunday meal just a whole goat an entire <laughs> goat in one sitting komodo dragon style <laughs> we're going to uh move on to our extinctions of the week though and i gotta say i've been holding this one in pretty much like all summer it's really been eating at me so i uh i don't necessarily want to make you guys follow me so let's have matt go first and then zach can go next and i will close it out i have i have an unextinction and that is i'm gonna flip this around can we bring back Google Hangouts, please? Why did you break something that was so awesome for podcasters? Now we're on, no offense, Skype, but you're just not measuring up to the Hangout experience. So you guys out there, the podcast out there, if you're listening, tell us what you're using if you're not using Skype. I've heard of something called StreamYard that I haven't checked out yet. Uh, but really, it would be better if Google just reconsidered. Because why? You got all the money in the world, Google. Why you got to take this away from us? Technically, it's an on extinction, but you're also kind of saying that you wish people at Google and YouTube who make bad executive decisions should go extinct. Yeah, I thought about that. But but if we do that, then we won't have Google anymore. And that seems probably mm. worse than not having Hangouts, maybe. You know? that's or maybe fair. it's I... just... Maybe it's just on the internet already, so it just be there forever because that's how the internet works. I don't know. Uh, back, back to how ask, any of this geez. magic stuff. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's fair. I uh, I definitely want Google to continue to exist. I for one accept our Google and Amazon overlords in case they're listening in. <laughs> and Zach, what's your extinction this week? Or since Matt just set the president, you can also do an on extinction. No, I, I'm going to do an extinction and I'm going to be a little bit tepid on it because I don't want to sound ungrateful. And, and I'm going to go back to the fact that I, I just had a really stupid tweet blow up. Uh, it, it has had over half a million views. And guys like Peter Howard, guys like J.J. Zacharyson, guys like John Bosch, guys like you, Bobby and, and Matt – will tweet out some really, really interesting and fantastic and, frankly, beneficial and better uh, information than, than uh, me making fun of Daniel Jones and Giants fans, putting him in the Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> five, five passes into his uh, preseason career. And that just, like, it, it burns me. It blows my mind. And I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful for uh, the people that, that, uh, that like this tweet. But man, go find some. There are so many better things to be retweeting than my stupid jokes about <laughs> Daniel Jones. There's there's a lot of good information out Zach, there. Why do we play this game? 
I know it's fun. It's fun. I know, man. I that's know. a fun tweet, and you know, what? entertainment is a big part of it. Don't, yeah, I was don't, also going to say like, Zach's doing himself a disservice because he does also tweet a lot of smart things as well. So he's. Yeah, but, uh, well, so this was Kyle pointed this out last night in a DM. He said, "You know, you tweeted out uh, a, a while ago uh, that if you don't have twenty catches in a season as an NFL running back in college." Uh, you have a 13% chance of being a 30 reception running back in the pros, and it got six likes and two retweets. He's, and then you tweet this out, and it's got like <laughs> 5,000 likes and some stupid number of retweets, and, and Darren Ravel got a hold of it, and Rich Eisen, and it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. It we're well, all Zach, just moths to a flame. I've learned this week. <laughs> Uh, so I finally got to join the elusive crowd of, do you even watch the game nerd? Uh, <laughs> so I just very quick story here. Some Bengals guy on Bengals Twitter tweeted out like the Bengals have the best running back uh, tandem in the entire NFL. I saw this. Yeah. And then just like kind of as a joke, and I had no idea the stats would even work out this way. I had to tweet Christian McCaffrey by himself with like a word. And the guy responded, oh, that's funny that you think he's better than Mixon and Bernard combined. And then I actually tweeted back, and it turned out that in terms of yards per scrimmage and total touchdowns last year, Christian McCaffrey had more yards from scrimmage and total touchdowns than the combination of Gio Bernard and Genove Mixon. And then another, uh, basically all of Bengals Twitter came at me at that point. (laughs) And one of them was just like, Oh, if you believe that, then you must believe like Le'Veon Bell is not great because he didn't play last year. And Ben Roethlisberger is the best quarterback of all time and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then he was like, you know, just because you go on NFL.com, dot com spelled out, of course, <laughs> doesn't mean that you know about the game. Hashtag nerd. So <laughs> this, this brings it all full circle to uh, our friend Shane Manila and Data don't score points. Data don't score points, man. (laughs) And so what I'm trying to say about your tweets is one of them had numbers, which were clearly pulled from NFL.com. And the other one showed that you actually watched the game. So there you go. (laughs) Grind that film. (laughs) That is not my extinction, by the way. I just was very entertained by the fact that I finally got to join the group of... uh, being called nerds bobby you said off air you just wanted all Bengals twitter to go extinct so i don't know why you're backing away from them now <laughs> i did i will say uh i did tweet or, or dm someone at that point and i said i don't think i'm welcome in cincinnati anymore <laughs> oh shoot and i'm i'm sorry to jay mike it means i can't visit you so that is legitimately disappointing but i don't sorry cincinnati i'm not that upset about not being able to visit i think <laughs> Uh, my extinction, though, is not Cincinnati. And my extinction is, I don't know how many people are familiar with WeWork spaces. Um, WeWork is really just a bunch of companies are in one space or share a floor. It's usually startups. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. This is a very specific thing, though. And it, I probably most people in communal spaces can relate to this. So all summer, I've been working in a WeWork space. And on my particular floor, the bathrooms are disgusting. But they're disgusting for one particular reason, which is that when people go to the bathroom to take a dump, the toilets do have an automatic flushing sequence that like happens when you stand up. And yet, for whatever reason, a lot of times you'd go into the stall and there was still a fresh dump in there. So here's my thing, people. 
even if the toilet has an automatic flusher, maybe just turn around and check that it actually flushed when you go to take a shit. I don't think that's too much to ask as society that the person coming in after you doesn't have to flush it for you or in my case, walk up a bunch of stairs to go to the nicer floors bathrooms because he just realized that the floors he was on were that disgusting. It feels like an afterburn, Bobby. I mean, <laughs> some people had afterburners in the toilets. And then, uh... you, you made me think of a bonus one, Bobby, uh, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tack on to the top of that before we get out of here. And that's people that in a, in a, at a workplace that have options to go use an actual flush toilet and still choose to take a dump in the porta potty. You guys are the worst and you can, you can go look, I get it. If you're at a construction site or a fair or a festival or something, and you got to go and it's the, literally the only place. But if you have an option to go use a flush toilet and you still take a dump in the porta potty, you're, you're the worst. Who chooses a porta potty Dude, over a toilet? It, it happens every day, every day. That just blew my mind. I can't even understand. Like, I I am very particular, though, I will say, about my toilet usage. And I like it to be very clean and ideally have what I call home field advantage, which is my apartment's toilet. But if I can't, then... Follow-up question, Bobby. Yeah. How do you feel about bidets and do you own one? Because Jeff Miller is trying to sell me on the... (laughs) The thirty dollar so, bidet on Amazon, and I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I'm also a little bit afraid of what people might say if they come over and visit, and they're like, "What's this?" I don't know if society is ready to accept the bidet as a standard home appliance. So that's not shocking to me, knowing Jeff very well, that he'd be trying to sell you on that. Uh, however, what I will say is, my brother-in-law, he so he says in front of his wife, who obviously has an engagement ring and a wedding ring, he has a bidet. And he says the best purchase that he has made in his life is his bidet. But I find them a little strange myself. I mean, I don't know. Like, I get you're technically getting clean, but I, I got to be sure about it. I, I don't know. I'm not a bidet guy, I think. Maybe, maybe if I ever go visit Jeff, he can convince me to buy one. I don't think my brother-in-law will do it. But uh, Jeff has this way about him that seems like he'd be a great bidet salesman. I've never used one, so I'm curious. Like I am curious, but I also I don't know. What about I've used you, one once upon a time. It's it's weird, man. It's just weird. Zach, have I, you ever used a bidet before I, we wrap up? I've never. No, I've never used a bidet. That's uh, that's way. I'm I'm from northern Maine, man. We like we're lucky to have indoor plumbing. What, I mean, like I, I've I've never encountered a bidet. But I think you just came up with the the title of the show, which is Jeff Miller. Bidet salesman. I mean, (laughs) what's funny is he'll probably just add that to his Twitter bio, knowing Jeff. (laughs) It'll be like a badge of honor for him. I hope so. I'm I'm I miss Jeff's interaction uh, in in the community a lot. He was uh, fantastic, man. man. Yeah, you got to you got to get on those text chains. That's where it's at now. (laughs) But Jeff, uh, enough about Jeff and his ability to sell you a bidet. Jeff also does have great football takes, not as much as he used to because he just doesn't care about the game nearly as much as he used to. He has a few more important things in life going on, but he is a very smart guy. He does occasionally still tweet. So since we were talking about him so much, make sure you check him out. It's at FF Jeff Miller. No, it's not. It's uh, 
I'll have to check that out and tweet it out from the show's handle. Everyone, I've decided everyone should either just be FF their name or something like very memorable that I've talked about for years just to make my life easier. Uh, That said, we are going to wrap up. We are so grateful that Zach took the time to join us tonight. Again, you can find him at Tacit Assassin 13. That one is really easy for me to remember because I've been talking to Zach pretty much more or less since I joined the fantasy community. And uh, Matt just came in with FF Jeff M. So he just didn't spell out his full name because, of course, he didn't. Damn it, Jeff. And uh, Zach does also co-host the Dynasty Dummies, which is just at Dynasty Dummies on Twitter. It is a fantastic podcast. It's actually the first podcast that really got me to listen to fantasy podcasts and started a whole chain of listening to fantasy podcasts. So make sure you check that out and make sure that you check out his co-host, Kyler Breck, and I'm going to let Zach do his handle because I will definitely mess it up if I t- attempt it. He is at K Lebrec. Uh So that that actually is uh, his his given name. Uh, mine mine is a, a family name. Tacit Assassin is a you know a, a family name. It was like my grandfather's brother, but but no, he, he's at K Lebrec, and he is the the better half of the dummies. Uh, he keeps me on track. Otherwise, well, I mean, I just did a solo show this week and you saw how far off the rails that went. So uh, d- definitely give him a, a look and, uh, and a follow. And he's he's worth a listen. And I'm just the, the pretty face beside him. You're also the one who comes up with uh, fantasy parody songs. So if you're looking for a particular parody song, Zach occasionally does take requests uh, that have <laughs> happened on the open to Dynasty Dummies. So. I- Make sure you tweet at him. Matt, Matt actually gave me the uh, what? What? Which? Which one was it? The did you give me? Uh, oh, what was it? Geist, Geist, baby. Yeah, yeah. I think I gave you that one. I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> that was a fantastic one. You know what? I I just uh, real quick. I still remember to this day Jeremy Hill, and whenever I hear the name Jeremy <laughs> Hill, it just starts playing in my head. So. If you haven't heard that one, it's a Weezer parody. Make sure uh, you check that out, too. And I am at Wrecked Fantasy on Twitter. Matt is at Matt Price FF. He is among the crowd that has uh, just changed their name to name and FF, which I'm still actually starting weird. to appreciate. It still yeah. feels weird, but you know what? it's easier to find him. I miss Zach, M-Pricer. what is your... Zach, I've never heard the story behind Tacit Assassin. It's a great handle, but what's it, the, what is it? I mean, it's just like uh, I, I was I played baseball for a while and uh, I would just be really kind of quiet because I, I don't always necessarily fit in with that uh, jock crowd. Kyle likes to say I use big words too often. And so I'd just kind of be quiet and then all of a sudden would come out with something uh, you know, it's kind of like my my Twitter persona where I'll be quiet for a while and then I'll come out with, hey, look at this bust of Ronaldo. Doesn't it look like Daniel Jones is in the Hall of Fame? And and there it is, the tacit assassin. <laughs> Zach's a, that's a very fitting name. Zach is <laughs> very accurate where if he has something to say on Twitter, it's almost always well worth paying attention to. And if it's not well worth paying attention to, it's at least worth a chuckle. So... <laughs> Always make sure you check that out. And again, we appreciate him joining. Uh, You can find the podcast in pretty much every place that you find the podcast. So please uh, rate and review on iTunes. We love to hear from you. And we are also on Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, I'm probably going to start making up ones like Podshark, 
and uh, Pod Panda. I don't know. But anyway, that's it for tonight. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, Fantasy Twitter, keep it classy. And we'll see you soon.